Turn with me in your Bibles to Judges chapter number 2. Judges chapter number 2. I've got just a simple thought this evening with a a few simple points I wanted to share with you, hopefully encourage you uh, in the Lord. We're going to start in uh, chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 1, if you want to follow along with me right there. Uh, The Bible says, And an angel of the Lord came from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that uh, that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance, to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatharis in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaish. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baal. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could uh, not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out of the hand of the, uh, went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Now, look at verse number 20 there with me. It says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, Because that this people hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them out of the nations which Joshua left when he died, that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein, as their fathers did keep it or not. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you again for this opportunity to stand and to preach your word this evening. Uh, Lord, it is uh, my desire that you would just speak to our hearts. Uh, God, we need encouragement all the time. We need help all the time. Lord, we're a faulty people that fail so often. And Lord, we need help from you, God, to guide our lives, to help help uh, correct us, Father, convict us of sin, to keep our life on that path in which you have made for us, God. And I pray that you would use this message this evening to speak to us and to help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I I want to preach just a couple minutes this evening on this idea of serving the Lord for multiple generations, serving God for generations. Um, You know, we talked a little bit uh, this morning on on, about our young people, 
And I, I think that, and even Brother Jim had mentioned how much we appreciate the ladies coming here and praying for our young people. And, and uh, it is such a great uh, necessity to recognize that it is up to us that are the adults that have uh, leadership over these young people um, to make a point to teach them and to raise them and to show them truth and what is right. You know, uh, the world is doing what it can to share as much as it can with young people these days. Um, and there's oftentimes it's not being uh, fought back against. Uh, it doesn't take much to turn on uh, the television or the Internet or get on your smartphone. And you can see just how uh, great of uh, a wicked influence there is on uh, everyone today, especially our young generation. And I would say very much so that oftentimes parents these days are not parenting, um, but their children are just living within their presence instead of actually being taught and instructed on how to live a godly life, serving God so that they may continue to teach that to their own children. And you might say, well, Brother Kerry, I don't have any children myself or my children are, are grown. Uh, like I had mentioned this morning, you have influence on even those that you might not imagine that you have influence on. You know, I, I lost both of my parents. They passed away when I was very young, and I've shared that testimony before. Um, but my uh, father passed away when I was just six months old, and my mother passed away when I was 10 years old. And, and uh, even though I didn't grow up in a traditional household, God blessed me and that he put so many good men and women in my life that served in a motherly or fatherly way. And I was blessed to have such good Christian people um, that showed me just how good God is. And that even though that, that you can have a tragedy or difficulty as we have all in this room face, that God is still a good God. And that he's worth serving and he's worth teaching our children to serve him and to do right as well. So but I just want to look at a couple of these verses here and point out a few of these things. The first thing I want to notice is in verse number eight when it talks about Joshua. It says, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. So I want to talk about the responsibility of the elders. You know, 110 is a good long life to live. Some of you may say, I hope I reach that. And some of you may say, I, I don't hope that I have that. I see some heads shaking there. So uh, that's, a, that's a long time for somebody to live. But nevertheless, it is a specific amount of time. And it does have a point in which it ends. And the responsibility of, of those of us that are in leadership positions is to recognize that our time here is limited. That we, we, it's not a morbid thing to consider the fact that we're all going to die. That That's a reality. I, I remember even when I was just young, my grandfather would tell me, son, there will come a day in which I will die. And you will need to understand that's just the, that's just how things work. And so from a young age, I understood that. And, and we all understand that. And that should uh, put a little bit of pep in our step, if you want to say that, um, that we right now have the ability to influence most of us in here are in good enough health that we're able to still speak and to walk and to share the gospel with people and to make as great an effort for God as we're able to do. And while we have that time, then we ought to take advantage of the time that it is that we have. Uh, it's very easy, I, and I can only speak for myself, but being I'm not in full-time ministry, I never have been. Um, I work a secular job 40-plus hours a week. I try to keep it at 40 as much as possible. Sometimes I might even do 30 and go fishing. You never know. So, But but I work a secular job, and, and just like anybody else, I get tired and I get worn down, and sometimes it's easier to to, to just say, you know what, I, I'm just done with the day. But 
there, what a, a great need that it still is to sit down with my children and just tell them how good God's been today and tell them about what prayer God has answered today or, or take the time for, to pray with them and teach them to pray. It's such an assessment. How, how many people can look back and say, I didn't do what I should have done during that period of my life. I should have made a greater effort. I should have done better. We can't do much about those times that are behind us, but we can certainly do a lot about right now and moving forward and serving God. So we recognize that our time is limited and that also our influence is limited. Because our time's limited, we only have so long that we're able to make that influence on our young people and those might not even be young people. It could be a neighbor, it could be a coworker. And we need to uh we need to do everything that we're able to do to be leading people towards the Lord Jesus Christ every single day with that influence. So because of that it shows us that our devotion to the Lord Jesus is critical. Meaning, how can we be as effective for the Lord each and every single day if we ourselves are not striving to have a closer relationship with God in our own fellowship and in our own walk? You know, we talked about studying the Word of God this morning and praying, and, and Miss Anna even mentioned it in her poem, and I think it just hits the nail right on the head that we have suffered so much with quote-unquote Christians that they know nothing of what the Word of God is. And I think that it would shock them if they took time in the Word of God to see just how far their life is from biblical Christianity. And they've become unfamiliar with it. And so we ourselves must be uh, as close to the Lord as we can be in our own walk in serving God and trying to live for Him as we can. You know, each of us have our own responsibilities, um, but each and every single one of them are important and they're they're all needed. You know, I can I can tell you it is felt when somebody's not able to fulfill a position, it's felt by those others that have to carry that. And it's a very needed thing that we do everything that we can to always be as responsible as Christians as we can. So we have this responsibility of influence right now. But the other thing is there that has the reaction on children. Look in verse number 10 with me. It says, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works that he had done for Israel. So when they had come into the promised land, God had told them to get all the inhabitants out, yet they did not do that. Uh, so they did not complete exact, they were not completely obedient to the Lord. Um, I think we agree when we don't completely obey God, that's not obedience, right? That's still disobedience. And so because of that, um, that's why God said that it would be, uh, that they would have face that difficulty. Um, and there was a reaction from that and that whole generation died. And then you have a whole new generation that comes up that doesn't know who God is. And I, I think that we could all agree that there's so many, so many young people, so many of this generation, my generation, generations younger than me, that they don't know who the God of the Bible is. They don't know who the creator is. Uh, I don't know if it's an American thing or maybe just a Tennessee thing. I don't get out of here just a whole lot. But it's like we have this idea that nobody w wants to hear the gospel or they've already heard it or to make that effort, they've just already made up their mind. But, and Brother Fred's shaking his head, we know that's not the truth. People are still seeking help today. They don't know God. We have to take God to them. We have to show them who the Lord is and that he will save them. You know, you go you go to the bookstore and you see all the, the many aisles of the the self-help books and the, the things of which people are still buying, looking for help, and they're trying to see what can I do to try to fix my life. Well, we have that answer. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He can.
fix your life, but we have to be willing to tell them. And this this generation had grown up and they didn't know who God was. They also didn't know of his past works. They didn't know the works that he had done for Israel. They were unaware of those things. The things that we have take place in our life, we have to make a point to share with those that are younger than us so that they may see those things as well. I believe that a good practice for all of us to do, if you have a young person or somebody, like I said, a neighbor or co-worker that you can, take time to pray with that person. Talk to God with that person about a specific matter and trust in, and uh, in obedience of the Lord by faith that he'll answer that prayer. And when he does answer that prayer, then that's something that needs to be talked about. Praise God. We do that here, don't we? We do prayer requests and we praise the Lord. Why do we do that? To give God glory, to show that God is a God that answers prayer. And that needs to be shared with those that don't know who God is. But also it led them into serving other gods. Look at verse 12. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. Somebody's going to serve something. They might serve Jesus Christ or they might try to serve themselves or they might try to serve a false God or they might try to serve work. But they're going to try to do something to fill that emptiness that only Jesus Christ can fulfill in their life. And what is the result of that? Well, it's generations of wickedness that take place. Listen, if we don't, if we, all it takes is one generation of not really doing what we ought to do as Christians to see things just completely tank. And, I, and I'm a little bit fearful we may be seeing that as it is right now. I mean, you, you see so many people, you see people that either are just so, so far away from even knowing who God is, living in just pure black wickedness, and then you've got a whole group of people that are waving the Christian banner that don't live anything like the word of God says. And then you've got a group of people that are Bible believers. And so we have to we have to uh, help them understand that the, the serving of other gods will never satisfy. It will never make them happy. Um, the the alcoholic and the drug addict are not satisfied. That's why they continue to use It's because they they can't get satisfaction out of it. But. Praise God, ever since I've been saved and tried to live for God and serve God, He has given me everything I've ever needed. He's always made me content. He's always kept me at peace during the darkest times and the times of walking through the valley. He's a good God, and we ought to get out and we ought to share that because they're going to serve something. So also, they followed after what other people were doing. In verse 12, they went after the gods that other people serve. You know, our young people... They're gonna, they're gonna, they, they're always looking. And young people are blunt about stuff too. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll just outright tell you. Before I started shaving my head, they said, you're going bald. And I said, yeah, you're right. I too have noticed that. Thank you for telling me. They're blunt. They don't kick around the bush. They know what's going on. That, you know, they're not, a, uh, they're not uh, oblivious to this. And they're gonna follow after, uh, oftentimes whatever's reaching out to them. It's not even so much what they think is the, the popular thing all the time, but it's what's reaching out to grab a hold of them. So many young people that we have been able to minister to uh, have have grown very close to the Lord for no other reason other than we're just trying to love on them, tell them that Christ loves them, and that if they'll follow God, that he will bring them peace and contentment in their life and make them happy. Not, not I, I tell them all the time, he's not going to give you a brand new Lamborghini or a brand new mansion. Uh, but uh, but God will always take care of you. He's a good God, uh, and you ought to serve. You ought to serve Him. Don't follow the crowd. Then also, they didn't listen 
to God's voice or to his word. When you look at verse 20, uh, it says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because that this people have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice. In other words, God was displeased because the children of this, these, this generation had not listened to the voice of God. In other words, had not listened to the word of God. Don't we know so many that are not listening to the word of God? I mean, it ought to be in our, uh, it ought to be tip top priority in our life to be studying the Word of God. I, I, I believe that if we were really honest, we could be making so many greater efforts. You know, there's an example that is used sometime uh, in teaching young people a good visual of, of using like a, a bowl or a jar and uh, talking about your priorities in life and the uh, the little things in life that don't matter, work and bills and hanging out with your friends and stuff like that, that's like sand. And then the big priorities are, are big rocks, and that's reading the Word of God and prayer and, and uh, uh, serving God, sharing the gospel, things like that. The jar is your life. And if you pour that sand in, all the little things, and pour that into your life first, you don't have room to to fit all the other things in. But if you'll be faithful to God and put those big things in your life first, then all the little things find their way to just wrap around all the other things. Uh, and they're also persuaded by that as well. And so uh, these this generation did not listen to the Lord. And that brings us to the last thing here is the response of the Lord. Verse number uh, 14, it says, The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. We see here that God was not happy with what had taken place. God was not happy with uh, the way that the, this generation have lived. Um, I don't know about you, and I will say uh, in, in front of all of you, I fail often, but I want to please my God. I, I want to please. So he's, been, he's been so good to me. He's forgiven me of my sin, uh, done what I could never do. I mean, no amount of good, no amount of, of effort in my life could ever, ever save me. But he loved me enough to make a way that, it, that I could be saved. Praise his name. He's been so good to me. I, I want to please God. I don't want to anger God. I don't want to make him angry with me. And we need to really look at ourselves and ask ourselves, is my life right now, am I living in a way in which I am influencing these this younger generation or these that I have influence over or am I getting myself more focused on things? Am I am I kind of obeying God? Am I am I making a half effort to be obedient to the Lord or am I wholly being obedient to God the way that I ought to be? I mean, I, I think it's good. And I, I encourage our young people oftentimes to to take a look at their life and consider that as well. I think really we need to be doing that on a daily basis. Lord, today, help me to do the right thing. Help me today to focus on you and to live right. So I don't want to make the Lord angry. God was angered with this. Also, he took their possessions. Uh, it says he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. You know, um, possessions uh, are temporal. We know that. And in the end, they really don't matter. We get so caught up in them. We like talking about them. I like talking about possessions and things like that as well. But if we really got our minds, uh, if we were really eternally minded, we would recognize and remember pretty quick. These things really don't matter very much. And if we, then we can look and say, well, how much time am I really putting towards uh, obtaining more possessions or taking care of what possessions 
that I have. It was a it was a very interesting uh, uh, learning experience for me when I bought the house that Miss Rachel and I are living in now. And this was back in this was 10 years ago. I was 24 at the time and uh, we moved in and, and I was like, well, this place is great. I, you know, everything's in really nice shape. And I like that. And then about, I don't know, four or five years down the road, things started breaking. And I had to start repairing stuff and paying people to do stuff. And I was like, well, what's this deal? I thought I thought this place was ready to go. You know, it, it was a it was a reminder to me as a young man that these things are temporal and they fall apart. They corrupt over time. And we don't need to let our lives be wrapped around these things because God's not pleased when we let our life be wrapped around these possessive things. Um, he also took their strength from them. Um, I need strength from the Lord every day. To, to, this world is a hard world to live through. And the devil's always uh, walking around. He's always trying to destroy. He's always trying to devour. He's always trying to ruin and wreck. And it takes a strength that can only come from God to make it. Uh, but their strength was taken from them. They also took their prosperity as well. Verse 15 says, Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Uh, it's such a, a great blessing to see when God does things to help you prosper. Something that I regularly pray for in my work is that I'll find favor with the people that I work with and the people that I work for. Um, I, I want to uh, I, I want to get along with them. I want to prosper uh, in my job. But let me say the times that I have not served God as I have or the times that I have had sin that I have not dealt with yet. I can see very quickly God begin to deal with me. Uh, it's it's not an enjoyable thing to have to go through that. Uh, and so we 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 need to understand God does have responses um, to these things and the way in which we're living. And then lastly, Verse number 22, it says that through them I may prove Israel. This was God talking. It says, through them I'll prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. So these things God did because he was He was bringing them to a point of decision. And that is required of us as well. As of right now, we're all still breathing. Our heart's still beating. You know, we're, we're still here. So we're here for a reason. I mean, if we, if we, if God didn't have a reason for us to be here anymore, you wouldn't be here anymore. And so as of right now, God still has things that he wants done through you, but it requires you walking in his will. It requires me walking in his will each and every single day. So think about this. Is, is, is there anything right now in your life that needs to be done differently or to be done better so that you can use your influence for the greatest way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and we'll get ready to pray as the piano player comes up. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for encouraging me, Lord. I pray you encourage your people. Um, God, I need you so much in my life each and every day. And God, I pray that you will uh, just bless this time. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.